1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host
2: from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Happy New Year. If you're listening to this the minute that it comes out, it's New Year's Eve. And if it's a moment later, it is 2015. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that I feel will grow by leaps and bounds in 2015. I think 2014 was like the soft open. And I mean, the guests that we had in 2014, incredible. You're talking about Chris Jericho and Mick Foley. Last week was the Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, who's going to be a part of New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view this coming weekend. It's going to be on Sunday. So by now, anybody who's heard that podcast, I would assume, is anxious to check that out. If you're not already, then trust me and just do it. But I mean, I mean, guest after, hey, David Arquette, describing being WCW world champion. That's the soft open. Can you imagine what's going to happen when this podcast really starts to take form? Well, I'm going to talk about everything that I think is going to happen in the world of wrestling, not by specifics, but in terms of direction in 2015 here on the podcast today and and talk about uh, where I see the industry going and and what I think 2015 will be for sports entertainment and pro wrestling as a whole. Uh, But first, we start with our guest this week. Jay Briscoe is... An independent wrestling superstar. I mean, this is a guy who's been on the indie scene forever. He's been uh, a part of Ring of Honor since the inception of Ring of Honor. He's wrestled for every uh, promotion you can think of. He gained noto- most notoriety by teaming with his brother, Mark Briscoe. They were the Briscoe brothers. Not to be confused uh, with Jerry and, and, uh, uh, and the other Briscoe. <laughs> not to be confused with the original Briscoe Brothers, uh, but the the new Briscoe Brothers kind of burst onto the scene in late 90s, early 2000s and kind of haven't looked back since. They are the one team on the independent circuit that I am most surprised have never reared their heads in WWE ever. They've never been on WWE TV. I don't think they've had a Velocity match to speak of. I don't think you've ever seen them on a WWE television show. Um, but the 2015 Briscoe Brothers are among my favorite tag team in wrestling. And and uh, Jay Briscoe is a superstar at this point. He's the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. He's become a single star. Um, he is a very he looks the look that the Briscoe brothers have look them up on Google image if you haven't seen them before and definitely youtube some of their matches if you're unfamiliar because i mean they would fit anywhere in wrestling they they're i i think that their biggest asset may also be their biggest strike against them i mean they are prepackaged as a gimmick when you, the minute you see jay briscoe And Mark Briscoe, but Jay Briscoe is the guy we're talking to today. The minute you see these guys, you know exactly what they are. You know who they are. And you're interested. Now, in today's wrestling culture, that's not necessarily a good thing. I think uh, WWE likes to find talented performers and kind of shape them into something. And there's not much shaping that you would do to Jay Briscoe. Uh, But I think he's incredible. Uh, I did an interview with him right before... Final battle, uh, Ring of Honor's biggest show of the year, where he defended his title against Adam Cole. They had a very old-school rivalry, did Briscoe and Adam Cole. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it felt real. They treated it like it was real, and that's not something you see much anymore in pro wrestling or sports entertainment. So it was really entertaining. They had this one spot. It was a no-holds-barred match in Ring of Honor. They call that a battle without honor, a fight without honor, if you will. Where there were thumbtacks poured into a competitor's mouth. And then he was super kicked. I've never seen that before in wrestling. But Adam Cole and Jay Briscoe pulled it off. Uh, Jay Briscoe retained the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. I spoke to him right before that match. One of the biggest of his career. um, And here's how it went down. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. And let's welcome into the studio. There is still, you know, you always wonder. I've interviewed a lot of wrestlers, and I feel like there is still a few that have a vibe of intimidation about them. Jay Briscoe is here. What's up, man? How are Hey, you doing? what's going on, man? Appreciate you having me. Of course, I, uh, uh, Anytime. time. You, you do. You strike me as the real deal. You know what I mean? Like just as, as soon as as soon as I meet you, I, I come. You come across to me like you're. You could hurt somebody.
3: Well, I mean, <laughs> thanks, Doug. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what you
2: want as yeah. a as a as a wrestler. So, when you were, is wrestling something you always wanted to do growing up? Is it is it uh, when you were growing up were you a, a kid who liked to fight and you realized you could make some money doing it this way? Well, I mean, a- me and my
3: brother always fought. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, growing up, you know, having a brother not even a year younger than you and our dad. I remember he used to like make us box. I think. Uh, I don't know if he was just trying to get us ready or what. But he made I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. I yeah. mean, he really didn't make us, but I mean, he would give us boxing gloves and kind of, you know, uh, encourage it a little bit. But uh, And instill kind of competition. Yeah, like yeah. One yeah. he was going to win and one he was
2: going to lose. Right, yeah. And that's what it's going to be. Or
3: yeah, uh, playing football, you know, whatever it was. He kind of, uh, you know, he kind of just brought us up like that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Where'd
2: you grow up? Delaware. So when you. Enter into is it is that how a lot of people around you were raised? Because I would imagine that when you're raised like that and then you run into somebody like I don't know me, Sam Roberts, <laughs> who had no kind of competition and quit every athletic <laughs> venture that he ever took part in, that at least growing up you'd be like, you know
3: Yeah, I mean my dad I mean my dad's, you know, he's a he's a pretty tough guy, man. Uh my dad's dad actually played for the Eagles. Played uh, running back for the Eagles back in the '50s, I guess it was. But um, yeah, Dad, he was he was real good at football, man. Uh, almost went to the Colts, but um, ended up getting hurt in a car accident. And he was just, you know, always real competitive and everything. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's really not too much to do in Delaware, man. It's rather a fight. than yeah, yeah, just
2: <laughs> go out there and mess around, just learn how to do it. So, did you want to go into football originally? Um,
3: no, I mean, I always played football, but. Uh, I mean, we were always, we always liked wrestling, you know, and then, I mean, once ECW came around and we got our first
2: taste of that, then it was kind of, yeah, I think that changed it for a lot of people. Cause yeah. you know, especially cause that was like, you know, 94, 95 when mm-hmm. it was like doing the clown and Isaac Yankum and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, but th- this is real though. This yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the, this is real shit.
3: Yep. It was, uh, yeah, I remember uh, Heat Wave 99, I think it was, mm-hmm. was the first pay-per-view that we watched, man. And uh, I just remember, you know, Shane Douglas starting it off, you know, cut the fucking music. <laughs> and, uh, and just it, the, just it, an F-bomb being, yeah. being <laughs> yeah. dropped. It was enough, right? you yeah, like, what? Yeah, it was so, you know, just captured us, man. And um, the first time we saw it, we were actually... We had a uh, youth basketball tournament up in Philly, uh-huh. in Philadelphia, and uh, we were like seventh, eighth grade or whatever. And um, you know, we were all hanging out in the hotel room after the game, and we just turned the TV on, and there it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were we were just hooked, you know, from the first time we saw it. So when did you start? When did you get in the ring? Did you get in the ring pretty quick after that, or, or at um, least start a backyard?
2: See. Oh yeah, thing yeah. Or we, we did a lot of backyard, man. We um. I would yeah. When you're trained, when you're uh, first of all, when you're growing up in Delaware. And yeah. you're trained as a kid to just box with your brother. I'm assuming mm. that you're like, Wait, I could just, yeah. I could just set up a yeah. ring and, and do
3: this. We uh, man, we got so many tapes. Like we recorded everything we did. You know, yeah. it would just be me versus Mark, and uh, we had like, um, we had like a little boombox that we would play the music. You know, and uh, it so, so was, you, uh, you
2: had you had a flair for production value.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, man. And um, and then so it started on the trampoline, and then we ended up. Uh, our trampoline fell apart, and so we used the frame of the trampoline uh, for the for a ring that we built, like a little homemade ring. Uh-huh. Used the frame and then took, like, a bunch of boards and kind of put it on top of the trampoline frame. Um, got some tires, put it underneath, you know, the, the boards, and then, uh, yeah, it took some garden hose, man, and we had a little makeshift ring out there. So. So that was, and how long did you do that for? Uh shoot, we did that till, well, we, um, this whole time, like, Once we, we were trying to get into schools everywhere, but we were 15 and 16 at the time Mm -hmm. doing that. And, um, nobody would take you, you know, unless you were 18. And finally, uh, finally we, we met up with Jim Kettner in Wilmington who ran ECWA and he, uh, and we showed him the tape of us backyard wrestling actually, because he at first he was like, Ah, y'all are too young but then we showed him this tape. He was like, Well, if they're You made already... yourself a
2: real. <laughs> yeah, he said if
3: they're already, you know, doing this much, then so he he took us on, man. And bring him in. Yeah, Glenn Osborne was the head trainer and uh yeah, we started in two thousand. So So what kind of
2: at at that time, how were backyard wrestlers looked at? Mm, um I mean because I, more a lot more people were doing it back then. Like yeah. this is the difference between like growing up in the suburbs of New York when your dad worked in advertising versus growing up in Delaware where you come from ath- athletics. Right. Like I wanted to start a backyard league in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. But my dad immediately was like, no, the mm-hmm. minute a kid gets hurt, we're sued. It's yeah, not happening. Yeah. And all this real life started clouding me.
3: Yeah, we uh, well, we really didn't have like a... It was mainly just me and Mark who did it, you know, but then we had <laughs> yeah. two buddies.
2: We're not going to sue each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had what two we buddies
3: have? who used to come over and uh and hop in there with us. Well, pretty much like all our friends like would, you know, would just mess around, but there right. was two of them that had like names in the leg and everything. Uh-huh. They were
2: uh and, and and so back then when you're getting into when you're starting to train mm-hmm. pro wrestling, was backyard wrestling just kind of a natural first step, or was it sort of like, oh, these are backyarders? We don't um, know. As far as amongst like the guys training, yeah, us?
3: yeah. Well, I mean, they—I uh I, I don't know, man. That's—I mean, they because we could kind of like we didn't know what the hell we were doing, but we we were you know willing to try, you know, we were willing to, to do whatever. I mean, I remember I couldn't even. Like, the whole time we were backyard wrestling in this hard-ass ring and falling, like, I remember getting up there and them showing us how to properly bump, and I was just, I mean, I was just knocking myself loopy every time, because <laughs> right. I was just used to, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they worked with us, man. There was, um, you know, a lot of guys in there who uh,
2: who took their time and, and took care of us and everything. Figured out how to do it. So, yeah. I, I always wonder, because, like, you're from that generation of guys who are heavily influenced by ECW, and there's, like, a group of indie guys who you know would have been that next class in ECW. Like, when you watch even early tapes of the Briscoe brothers, you know if ECW had been around, this would have been a major force mm. in ECW. When ECW goes out of business, mm. are you sitting there going like, what that, yeah. What am I going to do now? That was yeah. that was the place. Like yeah. I, <laughs> well, I mean, once
3: they went out of business, uh, it switched to Japanese wrestling. You know? Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, and then we got into... Um, Got real big into all Japan and, uh, you know, Kawada and Misawa and matches like that where they were just beating the hell out of each.
2: And did that happen because of the Internet? Because that's a huge leap to go from like, oh, yeah, ECW is on our local cable to yeah, yeah. look what's going on
3: across the world. Yeah, uh, I mean, between that and, you know, getting tapes and stuff, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, uh, J- Japan, Japanese wrestling was the next kick. So it was, um,
2: yeah, I mean, it just kind of. Kept rolling. You, you just know? figure out what the next thing. And then Ring of Honor came around not long yeah. after ECW and kind of took over, at least in the beginning, a lot of what yeah. that was doing. So you've been, and I, I want did you watch Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon do the podcast they did on the WWE no, Network? No, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, Vince McMahon said something that I guess a lot of people are talking about about uh, the locker room uh, not being as ambitious anymore. He said something about millennials are just not ambitious people the way that uh, people in the previous generations were. You have now gotten to see kind of a a turnover of a generation, kind of, and you're seeing new guys come in uh, now. Do you see that at all? Do you you think that that the kids coming in now are are less ambitious? Are they not as hungry? Are they not Um, as motivated? I mean, I don't know if it's just
3: like, uh, you know, I think it's bigger than than just pro wrestling as far as that goes, man. I think like... uh, you know, I mean, there's so much cool stuff to do. You know, there weren't no... I mean, we had, like, regular Nintendo when I was a kid. You know right. what I mean? And you could only play that for so long For you're like, ah, this is... You know, <laughs> but now they got all these awesome video games and cell phones and all these gadgets, man. And they, um... I don't know. I think... I mean, I don't know. But, uh, I think, like, uh, you know, maybe a lot of them, uh, spend maybe a little bit more time than they should doing that kind of stuff rather than, uh... You know, just old-fashioned, get outside and play. Right.
2: Yeah, like you grow up with Twitter and and sort of constant communication with somebody over your phone or the screen or something. You don't actually have to develop socially at all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You just get to sit at home. So when did you realize, you and your brother really, that you guys had personalities that were going to translate to, that it wasn't just something? Because, I mean, some of the promos that you guys have done together with the chickens and the the, the everything have been some of uh, the most memorable... Stuff that's come out of Ring of Honor. Oh, thanks, man. Um,
3: I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I mean,
2: and I like, would imagine you're just being yourself.
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody, like all the boys in the locker room, when we, you know, when we would tell them that we grew chickens and that we had chicken farm and everything, like they, they were all so interested, you know. And we would explain the whole process and everything, and uh, we we're like, well, you know, if it's, um, if these guys are so into these stories, maybe we can, <laughs> you know, make a little. You know, kind of broaden it out a little bit.
2: So, did you think at first when people were interested in in the chicken farms and everything? Are you thinking like, there's nothing interesting about this? this oh just man, life.
3: nothing is. Shoot, I hate them damn chickens, man. <laughs> they stink. They uh, I mean, every day is the same shit, dead chickens. But um,
2: I mean, you know, I guess it is what it is. So you're the, I, I would imagine you getting in with Mark, that your goal you were just a couple of kids and your goal was probably always to be a tag team, correct? Mm -hmm. So you're the, you're now the ring of honor world champion at the time of this recording, who knows what happens uh, in the future, but, uh, and it's two times for you. Yeah. How does Mark react to that?
3: Well, I mean, I mean, ah, man, I don't know. I mean, if he, uh, if it does, you know, bother him or whatever, he really doesn't, you know, I mean, I, I think he's—he knows what's going on, man. I mean, he still does his thing, and—and and, uh. Is that a weird
2: conversation to have to to be like, Mark? They, they just told me they're going to put the belt on me. <laughs> like, I don't—I don't know what that means for us, but right now, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm kind of—you know—but I mean,
3: we we still do like a lot of tagging and everything, like through through the title rings. So we still, I mean, we're still together, and uh, I mean, Mark still does his thing. You know, he's uh. I mean, we'll always be a tag team, you know, we'll always be what we are. It's just, um, you know, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do, I guess.
2: And what, what's what's it like for you to to start getting a taste of like this is what it's like to just have the spotlight to yourself to not be a part of a team?
3: It's um I mean it's uh I don't know. Like like right now that question right there, if Mark was here, he would have the perfect answer. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's
2: uh that's the thing. Like Well he's... yeah, I guess that's one of that that's the first thing is you have to get used to the fact that you don't... It's yeah, just you. I, I got the whole load, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I
3: can't pass it off, you know, in uh Because
2: you've been teaming for how long?
3: Uh, I mean, since our first match. Right. And that was
2: uh, May of 2000. So. so, like, 15 years, just about. Yeah. And yep. now it's only been in the last however many years that we're like, no, the, the yeah. Ring of Honor is going, we're going to try to make you a single star. Yeah. And at that point, you're like, that's, yeah. like, 13 yeah. years, say. Well, of, the, the of, one who... Uh, the the one who it bothers the
3: most is my mother, man. She uh She's not a real big fan of, of us doing
2: singles. <laughs> she doesn't like it. Oh, man. Why is she's,
3: that? Uh, that's, I don't know, man.
2: Because I would imagine your dad must like it because this is going back to, like, yeah, the old yeah. days of boxing. He's just waiting like, for me right. versus
3: Mark. You right. know what I mean? He's waiting for that. But, uh, well, yeah, Mom is like... Um, you don't like it, Mark? Get in the ring with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, uh, but your mom doesn't like it. No, nah, um, she wants, you know, straight tag team. But, I mean, it's... You know it's all good man and and speaking of Dad, I just got a funny story, man. I remember we were back- backyard wrestling one time,, uh-huh. and I gave mark um a Van Daminator threw a chair in his face and uh, ended up breaking his nose. And I just remember he was bleeding. <laughs> yeah, like because bad.
2: you're in the backyard and you're just watching Van Daminators yeah. on TV. You don't know what yeah. you're
3: doing. Yeah, no, I have no clue, man. Right. And I remember, uh, <clears throat> so I guess Dad was like watching out the kitchen window. Uh-huh. And uh, and so he saw this, you know, saw it go down. And so he rolls down the window and starts hollering, Now break his nose, Mark! Break his nose!
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And does would... Mark then turn around and try to break your nose?
3: Well, he was bringing it, but, I mean, he never broke it. Broke my nose, but he was he was bringing it. <laughs> he, was yeah. he was trying. Yes.
2: When you guys have gotten so much experience, even starting out just fighting each other, mm-hmm. does it make it so that if you're in the you're, you can kind of handle yourself in the ring against anybody? Um. You know what I mean? Like like if something develops in the ring where all of a sudden I'm really in a fight with this dude, well, I've been in a hundred fights with Mark. I I, I can handle myself.
3: Ah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, depends on who I'm in there with. I might get my ass whooped. You know. <laughs> but uh,
2: is that the is that the trick to? being able to fight is not being petrified of getting your ass whooped um like maybe, maybe so it know. feels like once you're not scared of that you can probably win a lot more fights yeah, like I, mean, I think i'd be so worried about getting my ass kicked mm-hmm. that i wouldn't even be focused on winning anything yeah. and i'd get my ass kicked yeah yeah
3: well i mean it happens you know, <laughs> yeah. you
2: know. makes but, you stronger uh, as a person yeah I guess. there you go yeah um so have you what has it been like Holding the title and being like the guy, like Ring of Honor is like, no, you're you're a guy, you're our representative. You're gonna go out and do interviews. You're gonna go mm-hmm. and do this. Like, is that something you're comfortable with? Were you comfortable with it right away? Um, I mean, I'm still not, man. I
3: mean, you know, you know, you know I'm I over here shaking go. in my boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's just something. It just kind of. I don't know, man. Just go with the flow, you know?
2: And that's it. You're like, all right. I mean, if you're going to... The main event is better than yeah. anything else. So if yeah. you to put me
3: in the main event, I'll do it. Yes, sir. I mean, it, it, we, you know, it's uh, just just roll
2: with it, man. Yeah. 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 Have you... So, So, what's your do you have a goal right now is there like a a a place that you want to get to because like you said you start you're like i want to get to ecw ecw goes out of business you want to get to japan i'm assuming you wanted to get to ring of honor you get to ring of honor you've been to japan you've you've now won the world heavyweight title twice which Mm. in ring of honor is a big deal you know Mm. in in other organizations the title kind of gets passed around but that doesn't really happen in ring of honor Mm. um is there a next thing that you want to, like, achieve or accomplish? Um,
3: I mean, we ain't been to New Japan yet, and, you know, we got this relationship starting up with them and everything. Yeah, and, uh, that surprises me that you haven't done anything with New Japan. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been some some, some mumblings. Mm-hmm. And some uh, Yeah, it's been some, uh, so hopefully, man, you know, if uh, everything works out, it'll be... Uh, that's the next thing. I mean, that's... that's and, and, I mean, of course, you know, just to keep you know just just do what we got to do to make Ring of Honor, you know, hopefully is is big as it can get, man. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean that's that's always the main goal, man.
2: Is there a a preference to you between working uh heel or babyface? Oh, uh, cuz right now, I mean, cuz you, you you you've you've figured out a way to kind of get into both. Like you're the yeah. common man if you're a good guy, but like when you were in Jersey All Pro, yeah, I believed you as a racist yeah. member of the Hillbilly Wrecking Crew. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I yeah. believed you. You didn't like Puerto Ricans. I, yeah. I believed it. I believed and, uh, it.
3: Yeah, man. It's um ah, uh, I mean it just you know whatever is called for. But uh, you're ready to do it. Yeah. It's um yeah. I mean both of them got their advantages, disadvantages, but yeah. whatever you know needs to happen.
2: Was there a point, or is there a point now? Is is, is WWE something you look at as as Something you would consider in the future? Have you gotten close to getting there? Because cause I feel like the Briscoes are one of those teams that everybody, like, why not even a, a, a kind of moment in the WWE? You would think at some point along the way.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's been, you know, we've been talking with them in the past and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. We kind of got a lot of stuff going on at home, you know, uh, I mean, I could just imagine my wife, you know, the schedule those guys got. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife home with three kids, Mark's wife home with three kids. But, I mean, I'm never going to say never, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just.
2: And you seem to have found a pretty good niche for yourself. Like, you found a place that you fit, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I also wonder, like, if figuring out a way to stay independent in pro wrestling isn't the secret to happiness in that world like do you, are you still happy to to be in the business oh man i love it yeah and i, and it, I think do you think that part of that would be because you're kind of that's a good question doing your own thing
3: that's a uh, i don't know man i mean maybe still so, you know i never really thought of it like that but i mean i've never had it you know i just have this you know i've never had it there or anything but uh <clears throat>
2: i mean I don't know, man. Just kind of go with the flow. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You're going with it. And I mean, it serves you well so far. Are you, it seems like, I mean, you have at the pay-per-view coming up, you have a match without honor, uh, which is the hardcore style in Mm -hmm. the sense that it's no holds barred. Right. But it seems like there's a lot less hardcore wrestling now than there was, like, say, 10 years ago. Right. Are you happy about that? Just in um, terms of your own health? Well, I, well, I mean, or do you enjoy?
3: Sometimes it's called for. Like I think uh, Sunday night, it's going to get pretty, uh, pretty crazy, pretty out brutal. There, yeah,
2: yeah. So kind of bring it back a little bit. <laughs> you don't mind, but do you like that now? It's more of an attraction than uh, you know years ago when it was sort of like this is what we do every night. Right. Yeah. I mean,
3: it was starting to get to the point where it was getting overdone a little bit. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I mean now. Yeah, I mean, Mark, he's the main one who is a, uh, as far as hardcore wrestling goes, like, he was born for that, man. He loves it. Like, jumping off of whatever, I mean, he he was, uh, yeah, like, he, he was born for that shit, man. Yeah,
2: and some of the shit that you that you see you guys do early on are those quintessential things, like, well, yeah, well, these guys aren't going to be around much longer. Right, that's yeah, way. And yeah. you guys have been around. Like. Yeah, and that, uh, man, that was something, like, uh, yeah, like, we,
3: we definitely had to... Uh, learn how to tone it back a little bit well, at um, what
2: point were you like okay that's we can't be doing this every night
3: that's a good question man i guess when i was like probably only 20 years old and i was feeling like i was 80 you know <laughs> right. and, uh,
2: it just all caught up in me yeah. but um what what are what are when you're wrestling hardcore style what are the more uh i i don't know brutal isn't the word but the, the 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 things that you do to each other that really affect your bodies that you don't even realize like i'm assuming like a staple gun hurts in the moment right but doesn't have long-term yeah damage um hmm i don't know uh i don't know if chair shot to the head is that one of those things that like people because they used to see it so much don't realize that yeah it's horrible (laughs) it's steel smashing against your skull yeah but um i mean i really don't mind them you know really you don't yeah,
3: I mean, I don't know. Uh, falling like uh, falling on the floor is because um, I remember like uh, I mean we used to do stuff like from the apron to the floor, mm-hmm. or like from the top rope to the floor. Like that's uh, when you're doing stuff like that, man. I mean, you really you really jam yourself up. And for me, I know, uh, and this not even this isn't even like a hardcore type thing, but I used to do a top rope leg drop, and man, that. Whew, I mean, I feel that every damn day. <laughs>
2: damn... I talked to Hulk Hogan, of all people, and I said, mm-hmm. like, what's your regret? Like, looking back on the career, you got to have one regret. And he's like, yeah, the regret is that I made the leg drop right <laughs> finish. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it kills man. you. It ah. just sends a, what is it? It send a shock it just, wave up your yeah, spine. It just, and... just,
3: yeah, it just compresses you. How long uh, Yeah, go ahead. Like, um,. The first time I really started doing it was in big Japan. Our first ever tour of Japan, Mm -hmm. which was 2001 in big Japan pro wrestling. And, you know, I was like, man, we got to, we're in Japan. We got to do it up. And so I was just dropping it like every, every match of the tour. (laughs) And, uh, and back then it didn't really bother me too much. And, um, but, uh. Damn, if it didn't catch up with me now. I mean, right. So, so if we see one of those like today, we oh, know that that killed you just now. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. that
2: was, that was bad. The
3: last one I did was in Toronto, Canada, and uh, I can't remember what show it was, but I remember I did it to Jimmy Jacobs, and it, I mean, I knew as soon as I hit it, like I'm never doing this move again. Like, yeah, it, it just it just took everything out of
2: me, man. You, you saying Jimmy Jacobs reminded me of, of that whole kind of Ring of Honor class? Do you watch? Or, or or, are you just aware of what's going on over in WWE and seeing, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan and seeing, I mean, not Punk anymore, but Punk for a long time and mm-hmm. seeing, you know, uh, uh, Samoa Joe killing it in TNA and seeing uh, uh, Claudio and seeing Seth Rollins and seeing all these guys that, like, you were part of, like, the, the, Generico and, mm-hmm. and now Steen's over there and all this stuff. And everybody is super successful over there does that what type of effect does that have on you
3: um i'm I'm glad to see it man yeah you know it's uh i mean i'm watching my friends go out there and and uh and wrestle on tv you know monday night raw or whatever it is uh but um it's, it's cool man because like you know just say if like claudio cesaro has a match yeah. or whatever and then uh like my son he's 5 now I was like uh you know I'll pull out an old DVD and show uh, you know me versus Claudio or something and show it to him and uh you know he gets a kick out of that yeah ass. he does so, and, yeah. Did,
2: and 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 uh, and does he sit there watching like that's that's what that's what Cesaro's capable yeah, of yeah. like that's <laughs> what that dude can do
3: yeah and it's funny man like he usually always roots for me you know <laughs> he likes his daddy but whenever I'm wrestling like uh, Claudio, Todd, you know Seth Rollins, Daniel, anybody like that. Them old DVDs. He always wants them to win, man, for whatever
2: reason. <laughs> well, because he, yeah. he knows them from TV. He's probably got their toys. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Boy. But you guys are getting toys, right? Yeah. Did yes I so. just hear the Ring of Honor is getting toys, man. A, a toy yep. deal. Now all we needs a video game and we are good. And you're good. <laughs> yeah. So have you see? Have you seen any sort of
3: prototypes or anything yeah. of what your action? I, I've figures seen. Uh, I've seen the head. Wow. See, they and at first man they had me all blowed up. I was like, Man, they got to do something about this. <laughs> but uh yeah, now they got it looking pretty good. Really look too round at first? Like... Yeah, it was like just a big round head. Like I I look fat as shit. And I was like, Man, I ain't <laughs> I don't look like you know, but now they got it they got it looking pretty good.
2: That's so. pretty crazy. So what's your what's your wrestling schedule like right now? Like how, how often are you working?
3: Um I mean pretty much just whenever Ring of Honor has a show.
2: That's it? Yeah. And do you do other stuff in the meantime? Well,
3: or? we do. Like, we can do overseas stuff. Like, we just got back from England this past weekend. We had, uh-huh. you know, four shows over there. And, uh, you know, hopefully this thing with New Japan, um, you know, comes comes
2: forth. But uh, but do you not do other indie promotions out of your choice? Or because that's what Ring of Honor prefers?
3: Well, I mean, kind of a little bit of both. Yeah, like yeah. Ring of
2: Honor prefer, it but you get it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You make yeah. it I a mean, special thing to see yeah, Jay I mean, Briscoe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously you love that schedule. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and I guess that's also that's why Ring of Honor can wrestle a style that they wrestle because you couldn't you couldn't do Ring of Honor shows five nights a week, beat the shit out of each yeah, other every yeah. week. Yeah, because like because you, you look at it's 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 a hard it's hardcore in the sense of of uh, it's, the physicality yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting style because you don't need. Uh, weapons most of the time you know what i mean right like i went to a ring of honor show years ago and i brought my wife and she didn't even like wrestling Mm -hmm. like she's sick of it by now because she's had it around her too much um but she'll like you know the fireworks over here the music over here the silly outfit over here whatever but it was the first time at a ring of honor show i took her and she goes oh i really like that match i think it was uh it was uh Brian versus Nigel McGuinness. Okay, yeah. And she was like watching, she was like, I like and I was like, You liked the match. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, Yeah, and she why and it was it was the rest yeah. of the show and now she's like she knows who the Briscoes are, she knows who like oh. she knows all this sort of inside stuff. Well listen, yeah. um, good and, and do you like being the champion? Do you want to hold great. it forever? Do you I wanna... mean,
3: I hold it as long as I need to hold it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then, once you're done with it, you're done with it. Yeah. So that, so right now you're 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 go with the flow until whatever. New Japan is hopefully in the future, and as far as anything else goes, you're just gonna see what happens. Yes, sir. That's beautiful. That's yeah, a good, man. that's a that's a good way to live life. Well, listen, whenever you find yourself a Jay Briscoe toy, oh yeah, <laughs> make sure should you, be coming soon, man. Make sure <laughs> you pick it up. And you think there's gonna be a video game? I don't know. It could never saying that. I mean, never. I guess you probably wouldn't have thought there were action figures right, a year yeah, ago, right? Yeah. So. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for, uh, hanging out, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And good luck with everything. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Here is Sam Roberts. Great time with Jay Briscoe. That interview recorded uh, days, hours before he retained the Ring of Honor world heavyweight title against Adam Cole. By the way, before that interview started, I was thinking about it after I put it on. I meant no disrespect To Jack Briscoe when I said he was the other Briscoe. Uh, I just had a brain fart because I was thinking of Jay and Mark Briscoe. That's Briscoe with an E at the end, as opposed to the original Briscoes. I think that's been a confusion that's kind of followed uh, the Briscoe boys throughout their careers. Uh, But if you don't know Jay and Mark Briscoe, you should. And uh, there's no doubt that Jay Briscoe uh, will continue to be a superstar, he's already got 2015 planned for Ring of Honor. Um, I hope, I hope, and you know, everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a WWE baby. I was raised on WWE. The only reason I have a podcast is because I'm passionate about wrestling. And the only reason I'm passionate about wrestling is because of all the time I spent watching WWE growing up. I hope... That Jay Briscoe, if not both Jay and Mark Briscoe, at some point in their careers end up in WWE. I don't know if it's going to happen in 2015, but I do hope at some point it happens. Now, let's get to what I think will happen in 2015 and what's going on um, in wrestling right now on this New Year's special edition. And the only reason it's a special edition is because it's being published on New Year's Eve, but this New Year's special edition of The State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Well, big news off of TNA's Twitter account. Of course, a week or two ago, we found out the new... Well, we found out officially, a lot of what's been going on with TNA has been very heavily rumored and alluded to, but not a lot has been confirmed until this week. Of course, next week is... Maybe one. It could be the biggest week in TNA history. Next week is when TNA debuts on Destination America, which I think is an opportunity for the entire company to kind of get relaunched, get revamped, get rejuvenated. The whole thing needs to be restructured. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of talent over there, but story-wise and 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 vision-wise, I think the whole company needs to get restructured. I think this is a grand opportunity to do it. The big news this week, coming from TNA's Twitter account, is that Kurt Angle has re-signed with TNA. There was a lot of talk about Kurt Angle over the last couple of months or so. It's died down, I think, over the last couple of weeks. I think people who would be the type of people to talk about this saw this coming. Um, but a lot of people were wondering if Kurt Angle would return to WWE. A lot of people thought that this Rusev thing that WWE's got going on right now, was going to climax with a feud with Kurt Angle. Who better to represent America than the most famous gold medalist in the history of WWE? Kurt Angle coming to defend America against Rusev. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, that would be interesting. Who wouldn't want to see Kurt Angle wrestle Rusev? But I think there's no doubt in, in 2015... I don't think there is a strong place for Kurt Angle in WWE. WWE is not that promotion anymore. Personally, I think moving into 2015, WWE has less need for part-time guys than ever. Having Sting there is an interesting thing just because Sting has never wrestled in a WWE ring before. So to get that done is an important thing just for history's sake. But when you look at the roster and when you look at the way things are shaping up in 2015 for WWE, there were some rough patches in 2014. I think a lot of that had to do with, uh, it seemed like every time a good guy got hot in WWE in 2014, they either got injured or they went away for a movie. Now, I think there needs to be, if if, if these guys are getting super hot and then leaving to make a WWE film, I think a huge priority needs to be taken off of the film division. I'm talking about Dean Ambrose and Randy Orton, both those guys, at what seemed to be the peak of their baby-faceness, were taken off TV for what I believe, I don't know if it's true, I wasn't on any movie sets, I didn't make the call, But I read that both those guys were taken off of WWE TV to make movies, and I don't think you can do that anymore. And I think that 2014 proved it. I think the fact that Daniel Bryan, at his peak, walked off because he was injured—I mean, he limped off. You know, he was not—he was forced off TV because of an injury. Roman Reigns, at his peak, forced off TV because of an injury. Randy Orton, at his peak, left TV—I think—to make a movie. Dean Ambrose at his peak left TV. I think to make a movie. That's four top good guys, three of which are new, are just kind of entering that 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 babyface kingdom for the very first time. All of those guys leaving the screen at their peak really. I mean, it throws a monkey wrench into everything when that happens. The crowd has finally, and with Randy Orton especially, I felt like Randy Orton had the moment when we as an audience were committed to seeing that dude on television. At the exact moment when we all said, Randy Orton is our guy. That's the guy that we want to see take down Seth Rollins. At that moment, he was taken from us. The same thing with Daniel Bryan. Of course, Daniel was an injury. Same thing with Roman Reigns. People were behind Roman Reigns. Now, the audience is less sure about Roman Reigns. I think it's because there was so much teasing, and now it seems like, okay, we know what you were going to do before. You were going to push him to the moon, so now you're just going to. I don't know if I like that anymore. Things have changed since Roman Reigns has been gone, and that's true. And I think that's something WWE should uh, be careful of and pay attention to. But I think that now... You're looking at it where, okay, you had uh, 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 Dolph Ziggler come up in the absence of some of these guys. You had Ryback come up in the absence of some of these guys, and it's working. Now you're announcing, okay, Roman Reigns is back from injury. Dean Ambrose has been back on TV. Daniel Bryan coming back from injury. And as we know from house show reports and what happened on Raw after it went off the air apparently this week, Randy Orton is now coming back to TV at any given moment. Plus, you have John Cena, and you still have Dolph Ziggler, and you still have Ryback. I mean, right now, the babyface section of the WWE yearbook is loaded. And then on the heel side, you got guys. You got Bray Wyatt. You have Seth Rollins. You know, you have Cesaro, possibly, based on Raw last night. I'll get into that in a minute. You have Rusev. You have Luke Harper. You have a whole bunch of dudes that are going to be... And you have Brock Lesnar as the biggest heel in the company slash world champion. So you're doing pretty well on both ends. I don't think that WWE has a place anymore, especially long-term, for anybody that isn't going to stick around. I think right now... There is a youth movement going on, and it's not like – there was a youth movement going on a couple of years ago, and that was when people were starting to ascend. They're there already, and I'm not talking about the ascension. They're there now, and you have a generation under them that's killing it in NXT right now. But you have everybody you need on the WWE roster right now. You don't need The Rock. You know. You don't need – Is it cool to see The Rock? Would it be cool to see Stone Cold? Is it cool to see Chris Jericho? Yeah, you don't need him, though. You don't need him right now, and you should save those guys until you need him. Quite frankly, if you have Sting, you don't even need an Undertaker match at this year's WrestleMania. You can let the Undertaker sit this one out. You can let him sit out for the rest of his career. You're okay. Of course we'd love to see the Undertaker, but you're okay. I don't think, at Kurt Angle's age... And with everything that Kurt Angle represents, that you need a Kurt Angle in WWE right now. You're finally at this point where we don't have to look at the past of WWE as if it's better than the present. Because when you had The Rock headlining double WrestleMania, a triple really, The Rock was a part of three WrestleMania main events in a row. I would say all three, you could argue, not as much the last one, but in my opinion, all three of those matches, The Rock was made to look like a bigger star than anybody on the roster. Because in all fairness, The Rock is a bigger star than anybody on the roster. Okay, you got The Undertaker match. The Undertaker only wrestles at WrestleMania, and that match is looked at as bigger than any other match on the card. Whoever he's wrestling. It's can arguably... A case can be made that that match is bigger than any other match on the card. And what that does long term, I think, is it devalues the guys that are coming up now. And maybe you do that when the guys that are coming up now aren't quite ready to hold the torch, to use a a, a cliche expression. Maybe you do that when the guys that are in the locker room now are not ready to lead the company. But you're not in that position. You're officially, in 2015, you are not in that position anymore. You don't even need, you don't need Batista. You don't need any of these guys coming back. You've got your guys. The guys that I just mentioned. John Cena is still there. Even if Brock Lesnar leaves at WrestleMania, everybody's fine. You've got John Cena to captain this thing. But right under John Cena, you've got this amazing roster of guys that the crowd is ready to get behind. Daniel Bryan is the biggest star on the roster. Him and John Cena, obviously. Let's take John Cena out of the equation. Daniel Bryan has been off TV for, what, six months? And he's still the biggest star on the roster. I think Roman Reigns is not as hot as he was at one point, but he can be. And he will be, I think. You know, Ryback is doing great. Dolph Ziggler, the crowd is finally getting a taste of Dolph Ziggler, and they are behind him. If you put into Dolph Ziggler as much as you can, it will work with him. I believe it will work. There's a lot of things that you can do with that dude. Um, I don't think Kurt Angle has a spot with WWE right now because I think it takes away from the future of the company. I think it takes away from... Everything that you've got going on right now. And you don't... you uh, Be in this moment. You know, what you've got going on right now is potentially magic. You don't want to rely on old stars too much. Especially when you've got guys like you've got in that locker room. What happened when all of the top WWE stars, the ones that we all knew, the household names, all went over to WCW? WWE busted their ass... And they established new names. It took them a couple years, but they eventually got to the place where they had a roster of stars that the house built. And at that point, you're going to be loyal to WWE because you look around and it's not, you're not seeing stars. You're seeing WWE produced stars. And that's how you become loyal to WWE. It's not through saying, well, I know Batista from the movies and from this and from that, and I know the—anybody who is almost bigger than the organization, long-term, may not be great for the organization, especially when you've got enough talent in that organization right now to bring this thing to the next level. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in 2015. Now, in terms of Kurt Angle staying with TNA, I think that's a great move. I think that's what TNA needs right now. TNA does not have established what WWE has established over the last couple of years. They don't have a group of must-see guys. Right now, they need people like Kurt Angle to draw eyes to the product and to lend credibility to the product. Once you've got credibility lended to the show and once you've got the eyes on you, then and only then – is when you start establishing stars, is when you start establishing your Bobby Roods and your Eric Young's and the guys that nobody knows from anything outside of TNA. I mean, you've got the American Wolves in TNA. You've got a lot of talent going on with Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy and Bobby Lashley and MVP, who we know from outside of TNA, all there – to lend credibility, to raise TNA up, and to bring eyeballs to them. There is no reason why they can't take that momentum and shift it toward guys that nobody has seen or the general audience, the masses, haven't seen outside of a TNA show because once they can convince the audience that's watching on television that the people that TNA built are just as important as your Jeff Hardys and your Kurt Angles and your MVPs, then you've built stars. And at that point, you can strictly rely on your TNA-branded talent. And that's what TNA needs to do, and that's what they need to use people like Kurt Angle for. I mean, I think – I personally think that uh, TNA is going to do great with Josh Matthews and Taz on the on the booth as, as broadcasters. Uh, I think both of them – no wrestling. Both of them have been around it for many years, and both of them know how to tell a story. In 2015, they're both they're young, and they're relevant, and they get it more than some others do. I think they're the, I think they're going to do well for TNA. TNA has all the pieces that they need to establish something interesting. It's just up to them to tell a story that's interesting. So I think TNA keeping Kurt Angle is what's best for all parties. I think that's 100% best for TNA. I think it's best for WWE. And I think it's best for Kurt Angle. I think that's where he's going to be used to his highest potential. And, and, and that's where he'll be kind of most important. I, I, I fully, fully am behind it. In terms of 2015, like I said last week, I think there's a lot of, of potential. And that's all there is. There is so much... Potential in the air, and I—I I found when I was watching Raw this week or last week, depending on when you're listening to this here podcast—that there was a—I a, I felt hope, and I really hope that WWE is not just revving up for WrestleMania season, and uh, and, and I hope that they are pushing themselves forward and will not allow a stagnant period to exist either after WrestleMania or after SummerSlam or whatever it is. Because I think right now, WWE should be doing whatever they can to be as compelling and and, and as relevant as humanly possible. Okay, there have been a lot of accusations thrown at current-day WWE and at Vince McMahon about not being with it, about being out of touch. And I think this is the moment. If you can now, in 2015— If you can take a new generation of guys and make them stars, not one guy, a new generation of guys, the way you did in the 80s, the way you did in the 90s, I mean the way you did in the 2000s. You made Batista, Randy Orton, John Cena, Edge, those guys stars. If you can do that again, then you've proven that you're not out of touch, and this is something that... That you know how to do. Now, guys like uh, Jim Ross and Vince McMahon, I've heard him say, have always said that the wrestling business is cyclical. There's no doubt in my mind that if that is the case, then we are now braced for another boom period. If wrestling is cyclical and it's not just that it had two lucky moments, then 2015, I believe, is when another boom period can start. And I think it's up to us as fans to get behind the product, to not sit there and, and – I, I don't think it helps anybody to be cynical about it. I, I think we do whatever we can to help it. I mean that's why I started doing this podcast and that's why on my radio shows that have nothing to do with wrestling, I try to bring up wrestling. Because I, 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 if I can in some small way keep it in the mainstream, I think that's important. But go to wrestling shows, watch wrestling on TV, order wrestling pay-per-views. Everybody should be ordering the New Japan pay-per-view. Everybody should be ordering Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Even if you've never seen New Japan, and even if you've never seen Ring of Honor, if you want wrestling to be better, you have to look at what's out there, and you have to find what you like, and you have to demand the best. Because the only way that anything is going to change, if that's what you want, is if organizations realize we do not have the audience support. They are not behind what we're doing. We have to change this. It happened last year with Daniel Bryan. It happened from the Royal Rumble, going forward from the Royal Rumble. It happened 100%. There is no way... What happened at WrestleMania in 2014 was a grand plan. That was a reactionary move, and it was a brilliant reactionary move. And it was the right thing to do for the WWE, and the audience reacted the correct way, and 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 you ended up with a magic WrestleMania moment. Now, that brings me to Raw. I thought that this week's Raw gave uh, a lot of hope to what could potentially be happening in the future. I thought, let me get into Ryback a little bit. Actually, I'll get into Ryback in a minute. Cesaro. I loved, not just with Cesaro, but with Ryback and with a lot of people, there there were a lot more moments of reality put in to Raw this week than there have been in a long time. And that, at the end of the day, is always going to be the most compelling part of the show. You know, Ryback, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan all spoke as if they were speaking about real issues. I mean, were they in character, were they not? We don't know, and that's the point. That's what makes it good. Cesaro, as a character on television, should be reacting to what Vince McMahon said on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. Because it was on the WWE Network. It's not like this was said in private. It's not like it was a secret thing. It was said... On the WWE Network, that's where replays of Raw go. There are people who watch Raw on the WWE Network. That's where Vince McMahon said that Cesaro was not connecting with the audience. So yes, Cesaro should be acknowledging that. And I think uh, having Cesaro as this sort of unsatisfied guy, a guy who's unhappy with the way he's being looked at, and blaming the audience— And telling them he doesn't want to connect with them anyway uh, is brilliant. If it were up to me, I would love to see Cesaro and Wade Barrett as a team. I don't want to see them opposing each other. I want to see them as a team. And I think that you see those two guys as a team become, I mean, unstoppable. Unstoppable. Because the last thing you want is for people, Wade Barrett got over his bad news Barrett because the audience chose him. He's been out with an injury. He hasn't been on TV in months. Let the audience choose him again. That's what I think would work. Let the audience feel like they're choosing him. It's the same thing you need to do with Cesaro. Give the audience a reason to choose him. And then let them choose him. It's never worked. The guy that you shove down the audience's throat. Never, never works. Since the 90s. Every guy who's been a major, major, major star—not only in WWE, but in sports entertainment, in pro wrestling in general—has been a guy that the audience has chosen. Has been a guy. Most of the time, this is a bad guy, but we love him. We need him, and we're claiming him as ours. And then he's the most over guy ever. This is that. I think that's what's going to work. And if you take Wade Barrett now, Wade Barrett. Has been jerked around by the company himself. He's had bad gimmicks. He's had false starts. He's had almost their moments, but he's never quite made it. You're telling me Wade Barrett has not reached for the brass ring? That to me is a compelling storyline. Wade Barrett saying, you know what? Cesaro is right. Now you couple that. You take these two guys with chips on their shoulders who feel like they have never gotten what they deserve from WWE. And you couple that with the fact that they both have European accents. Oh, my God. Do you know how many American fans are going to be like, oh, you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? Instant bad guy, instant heel heat. I think it'd be gold. I want to share with you a couple of minutes. I talked to Ryback maybe a little over two years ago. It was right before a day or two before WrestleMania 29. Now, Ryback came out for a promo last night, um, and he kind of told his backstory a little bit. I think that Ryback was in a position that he hasn't been in before, and that was clear. Big Show, for instance. Big Show on commentary last night I think was unbelievable. I think Big Show on commentary—I hope everybody in the locker room was watching that because Big Show, I feel like, proved how much you can get done for a program— Behind that booth. They always have guys coming out to do commentary. To kind of further feuds. And most of the time, it it doesn't really get anything done. Big Show got a lot done. In that match, watching Seth Rollins wrestle John Cena made me care about what's going on with the Big Show. Because he was out there. And he, I'm not, not not John Cena, Roman Reigns, made me care about the Big Show and Roman Reigns feud because the Big Show was out there and he was explaining to me without talking down to me exactly why I should care. He was in character the whole time. He seemed realistic. He knew how to answer questions. He was not nervous. He was not lost for words. But that all comes with experience. I think Ryback's promo last night um, was something that Ryback probably – wasn't as comfortable with as he will be. I think it was the beginning of something new. But I like where it was going because it was reality. It was reality. And that's what I think is working so well. Daniel Bryan's promo was reality, and it worked, and it got one of the biggest reactions of the night. But Ryback was speaking from a real place, and I know it's a real place, because when he brought up the secret and the power of positive thinking, this is stuff that I was blown away by when he brought it up to me over two years ago, right before WrestleMania 29 in New York City. Uh, I want to play a minute of my interview with Ryback. You can catch the whole thing on YouTube at youtube.com notsam. But here's a, a moment of my interview with Ryback when we were talking about exactly what he brought up on Raw.
1: I was told by three doctors I would never wrestle again. I could barely walk. And I was <clears throat> just, i was literally just staying positive and I uh, got into doing meditation and trying to make the best of this thing. And I knew deep down.
2: Medi- meditation?
1: Yeah. Like I just am like an hour every day. I'm just controlling my thoughts and telling myself my nerves were going to grow back. And Wow. Because it, that was to that point of doing six hours of rehab a day. You know, just what else do I do? Do you think that helped? <clears throat> I I believe it helped tremendously. I to this day still do it. Like I'm ner- Sunday, I'm not even remotely nervous at all. I am I am Cause confident you, and just because you control and, yeah, I believe it's just all <laughs> having control of your thoughts. That's
2: amazing because a yeah. guy your size and like your with your voice, there's a lot to me, people. Yeah, you, you'd think that you're just like all day on no. Sunday, just just pumping iron and just get. That's
1: why that whole oh, I call myself a mental machine and yeah, like, that's not you know I read all the time and like I'm. What do you I read? Want, uh, I'm a lot of big on like, just positivity books, Law of Attraction. and uh, Yeah. The Secret? The, see, I live my life. The Secret changed my life years wow. ago. Wow. Look at like, you. People don't have a uh, – it's uh, – I contribute everything I have to the book The Secret, honestly, believe it or not, and uh, many other different forms of stuff like that. But I believe we have control over our thoughts and –
2: and you think, and that kind of shapes your destiny. You think, yeah, really
1: firmly. I'm a big believer in all that. That our thoughts are energy, and the whole life is all about energy. So that stuff will all come out in time with Ryback. Yeah, exactly. Right now, we're a little more just a caveman stage.
2: Right. Right now, it's like, what do you mean he talks? Yeah,
1: it's. We've been very limited on what we've done.
2: I don't think any of us knew how true that was when he said it. Um, so yeah, and we got into a little bit more. Go on YouTube. I don't have time to play the clip today. I wish I did, but we're already running low on time. Go on YouTube and uh, watch that interview because he explains about his entrance and what he's doing, that he's grabbing energy from the arena and smashing it down. It's amazing, and he's being legit. He's not speaking in character. This is something that he brought up over two years ago, and it's finally coming to TV. Now, it wasn't, you know, maybe it wasn't the most compelling promo of all time, but I think it was really great in terms of uh, telling us who Ryback really is, and furthering the character. uh, That character is now becoming more than anyone like that in the company has ever been. You know, this guy is supposed to be just this monster, this behemoth, and now he's actually becoming a person and explaining why we should care about him. And I think that's very, very valuable. Um, I think the main event scene is bright. Now, you know what, maybe I'll talk about next week. I'm going to talk about next week what I think about Daniel Bryan. Next week, I'll talk about uh, TNA a little bit more because that'll be the week that TNA debuts on Destination America. And I want to talk about uh, Daniel Bryan and where he's headed and how he fits in to this main event scene. Do me a favor and support this podcast. Buy some T-shirts. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can get a Not Sam shirt. You can get an Eat, Sleep, Ask the Haps, Repeat shirt. You can get a, 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 a Haps Obey t-shirt. It's not an actual Obey t-shirt. It's a complete ripoff. Or just an awesome Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast logo t-shirt. They're all for sale at prowrestlingtees.com samroberts. You can also go to notsam.com and click the support the podcast link to find our Amazon link. Any shopping that you want to do at amazon.com. Use that link. Same prices on everything but a little kickback goes to support this here podcast. Another great guest next week. I appreciate you guys. Um, The Carl Anderson interview from last week. The Machine Gun will be on YouTube. If it isn't already, go to youtube.com slash notsam. You can see it all, and I will see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. listening. Follow at NotSam
1: on Twitter,
0: Instagram,
1: Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
0: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America.